and welcome back to another episode of Deets with Dita. I'm your host Nandita and today, well, <laughs> I'm currently sitting in my room after watching, after having watched um, the last installment in this series and I have to say after nine films, I have so much to say about, you've guessed it, the Fast and Furious series. And this isn't any old, like, person's opinion about the Fast and Furious series. It's, a, it's coming from someone who has never really seen any of the Fast and Furiouses. And I say that in a way of, like, okay, I've seen six and seven and eight, though I'll get onto my opinions about that in a second. But I never really, like, got the context of everything behind it. I kind of just jumped in at six and then just carried on kind of thing. Um, so I thought, why not, in preparation for Nine coming out, watch every single one of them? And I quickly began to realise that um, the longer I kept putting it off, the more films I'd have to, con like, watch in a short period of time. So it was, like, in the space of probably three days I saw like almost every single Fast and Furious film which is a lot <laughs> it took me it took me a long time to after watching one to actually start and finish two it it was a mess but that's what this episode is for this episode I am going to be talking to you about Fast and Furious all things fast and all things furious and I hope you're excited because I definitely am or I'm maybe not excited but you guys should be excited to hear how much I like absolutely like internally and externally implode whilst trying to dissect what it is this series is um so yeah I'm like super excited to get into it and talk to you so what this episode is going to be like is going to be a first time Fast and Furious Watcher attempts to talk about it kind of episode. So we've seen this kind of episode before with the Twilight one, uh, except this time I'm on my own. I tackled it on my own. I don't think anyone would have wanted to, to watch all the Fast and Furiouses with me, though my mum did come very close and I think she was just as exacerbated, I think that's the right word, um, as I was after watching the very few that she did so um so let's let's talk about what i'm talking about so i want to recap every single fast and furious film um i'm going to do it in like a short form way for those of you guys who just want a quick recap kind of like your preparation guide in a way to fast and furious 9 so if you were like me and either didn't know what's going on don't want to watch any of the films or like forgot I'm here. Hi, I'm here to help and like let you guys know essentially everything that happened in the last nine films and I'm going to try and condense it in like a really short space of time. So let's I'm going to like do a timer and everything so let's see how it goes. Um then I'm going to talk about each film individually. So we're talking The Fast and the Furious. We're talking Too Fast, Too Furious. We're talking The Fast and the Furious, colon, Tokyo Drift. Then we're talking about um, Fast and Furious, not to be confused with The Fast and the Furious, two completely different films. Um, then we've got Fast Five, Fast and Furious Six, Furious Seven, Fate, Fate, the, the, the letter, the number eight, fate the word uh, of the furious and f9 um yeah 
So that that's a lot. But I'm gonna spend a little bit more time on F9 because obviously it's like the most recent one that's come out. So I gotta spend a little bit more time on it. Um, and then what is a Deets with Deets episode if it isn't if it doesn't? Sorry, talk about the future of the franchise because I kind of want to talk about that. Um, seeing as well, it's no surprise that there are probably going to be more films. Um, so yeah, that's the overview, and let's get on with the episode. So. I want to try and recap every single, like, um, Fast and Furious film. For those of you who just want, like, a, don't want to do what I did, which was re-watch or watch for the first time. As if on cue, like, really loud cars just passed me right now. I don't know whether it picked it up. It'd be amazing if it did. And it would stay in the episode, because <laughs> why not, for Fast and Furious, fast cars zooming past me, of course. Um, but I want to try and essentially sum it up for you guys who don't want to do what I did, which was watch the entirety of the Fast and Furious um, franchise in the space of a very short amount of time to prepare yourself for nine. So I'm going to sum it up for you in five minutes, and I've just decided to do this now. Um, I have, I'm not prepared for this, I mean I have my notes as usual. But, like, I'm going to try and Louise style. And if you don't know who Louise is, I mean, Louise from Ant-Man, where he, like, tries and speed runs talking about, um, like, a thing. So I'm going to try and do that within five minutes. Um, okay, let me put a timer on for five minutes. I'm going to summarise all eight Fast and Furious films in less than five minutes. Three... <laughs> Two, wait, wait, wait. Three, two, one. Okay, so we start off with the first Fast and Furious film. You have Brian O'Connor, you have um, Dominic, Dominic Toretto, and you have Mia Toretto, and you have Ah Letty. I don't know her last name, but we're going to go with it. They all are basically, um, well, Brian is kind of fancying Mia's character, so he goes to the like um, their shop, Dom's shop, every day and orders a really like disgusting tuna sandwich and talks to her. And yeah, that's how they like become friends. And then like he he's trying to get with Dom because he's like fast cars and they're like you know mechanics and they like relate to each other and that's cool. And they basically get into some street racing and then Dom's like, hey, let's be friends. And then they're kind of like friends and they're rolling together. But then you find out that Brian's an undercover cop and he's trying to get information from Dom and it's like, whoa, plot twist. So then you have to, <laughs> you have to essentially, you have to watch him betray Dom right in front of you and you're like, ah, and then at the same time he's like, getting close with his sister and it's like oh my god what's happening and then um in the end I think Dom ends up finding out and like it's a big big reveal and uh, at the end and like oh my god so much betrayal and the hurt and Dom's like no this is not what family does except family is not established in this film but why not <laughs> let's, just, let's just go with it for here but yeah essentially Dom Dom's like no um we're done with you after like trying to take down some of the dangerous, like, street racers and drivers within, um, the area and in his undercover cop thing, but he ends up just, like, it's just not, Dom's like, no, we don't trust you anymore, O'Connor. So that's the end of, like, the first film and, like, a very, very rough summary of that. Then you move on to Too Fast, Too Furious, where it's like, Dom who? 
we don't know him. He's not in this film. He, he like, we forget about him. And then we move on to the introduction of Roman Pierce and Tej, who are arguably some of the greatest characters in the Fast and Furious series. And basically it's like them and like he's still like an ex-cop but like also kind of still going undercover kind of thing brian o'connor and then like roman pierce is like his um high school like i don't know ex-convict friend i don't know and then they end up going undercover and infiltrating a drug dealer i think and he's like you know, they end up catching, obviously, the drug dealer in the end, but it has a really cool car chase sequence where, you know, they go in and then multiple cars come out, and that was incredible, brilliant. I'll talk more about that in a second. But the, the, I'm already losing stamina. I already have two and a half minutes. Okay, no. So, Two Fast, Two Furious is good. It's fine. Um, Like, they meet, and they have, like, they do cool things together, and that's our introduction to Roman Pierce and to Ted, right? The tech guy. And then Roman Pierce is, like, the loudmouth. Then you move into uh, The Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift is essentially the film where nobody remembers it, has Sean. Sean doesn't really show up in, like, any of the other films, but he's, like, a, um, a person who comes from America, goes to Tokyo because his parents... Um, he keeps getting sent to juvie, so he comes uh, into Tokyo, and then in Tokyo he's living with his dad, and then when uh, they meet Han, Han is the, um, um, he's kind of like a cool person in Tokyo who's doing cool car stuff, and they're doing drifting, and there's a lot of drifting, and it's set in Tokyo, and then um, Sean ends up beating the Drift King uh, for like honour, I don't know, pride, whatever, a girl probably, and then that film ends with Han dying. Ah, no, we just got introduced to this character. It's sad, he's dead, boo. But wait, in the second one, in the, in the fourth one, he's alive. How could this be? Messed up timelines of Fast and Furious? I don't understand. So, oh my god, for one minute. Okay, so, um, Fast and Furious 4, the tone shifts. It's kind of, like, a lot more intense, and, like, Dom's back, Letty's back, um, Mia's back, and Brian's back, and, like, you know, we're getting this closure between Brian and Dom, and they finally have to work together because, um... Wait, why do they end up working together again? I don't remember. I don't have time to explain that. We're skipping that. But yeah. So Brian and Tom, Brian and Tom finally get some resolution, and then like, um, you know, they're they're trying to, you know, come together as a family because family's key and important. Um, oh, that's why. Because Letty dies, and then Hart. Yeah, and then everyone, uh, like loads of lo uh, people, they're trying. <laughs> who killed Letty and then get vengeance on who killed Letty. Brian's also trying to do that, but the FBI way. Dom's trying to do that, but in the vengeance way. They end up clashing. Long story short, they get vengeance. Hooray. Fast Five. Fast Five is, I think, the Avengers assemble of the saga. It's got everyone. You've got Roman, you've got Ted, you've got Han, even though he's meant to be dead, but he's alive for some reason. And then, like, every everything's happening, and, like, they have to try and pull off a new job because at the end of the last... Uh, uh, end of, I only have five seconds, at the end of the other one, <laughs> I failed, I failed that so badly, okay, five minutes is up, so I'm gonna continue, I'm gonna try and continue, but essentially the rock's in this one, Elena's in this one, this is the one where Letty's still, like, Letty's dead, and like, you know, he's moving on, um, Dom's moving on, and then they have to try and pull off a job, because Dom got sent to jail at the end of the, uh, end of four, so they now have to, they broke him out in the beginning of the fifth one, and now they're, like, on the lam, and, um, they're trying to, like, do one last job to try and, like, um, like, so they can live their lives, like, without this weight on their shoulders, but then they call in the whole gang, so they call in Han, they call in Roman, they call in Tej, 
Um, they call in Gal Gadot, who was also in Four that I forgot to mention. Um, basically just a bunch of these characters, and they get together and they try and pull off this really, really hard job. Um, the Rock is also in this one, Elaine is also this one, Mia's pregnant in this one, a lot going on. Um, they end up, I think, they end up doing the job. Yes. The Rock kind of lets them go or something. Yeah. They left the vault, but then the vault was the other vault they swept out. Yeah. Okay. Then, Fast and Furious 6. Letty's alive! What? And they're in London? Okay. Um, and then Owen Shaw gets introduced. Hello. Main character alert. Well, new character alert. Luke Evans playing uh, Owen Shaw. And basically, dude, we're getting the bad and back together. We're getting all of them back. And, like, they have to come together and... Um, I've, like, lost my entire train of thought. <laughs> no, they have to get back together and essentially, um, d- defeat Owen Shaw for whatever reason. I think, oh, because, because Hobbs was like, we need you, your expertise, and then they were like, leverage, Letty's alive, you need to save her, because family's always the leverage. Then, they get Letty all, all, over, but not really, it's not over, because in Fast and Furious 7, oh... Owen Shaw's brother, Deckard Shaw, comes back for vengeance. Ah, because, oh my god, family. Because <laughs> the theme is family. And yeah, so that film was um, the introduction of Deathed Shaw and, like, um, in addressing, finally addressing the death of Han in, in 3. And then, like, you know, this is the one where they had to, um, you know, give... Paul Walker, uh, a brilliant send-off, which I do think it is still brilliant to this day after re-watching it, and yeah, that happens, and then they have to deal with Deckard Shaw, I think they did defeat him, or however these films go, then Fate of the Furious, um, Charlize Theron is in this one, Dom goes bad in this one, um, there's snow, there's, there's still fighting, and there's family, and that wraps it up for me, I, <laughs> run that so much okay so that was your over five minute summary of the fast and furious franchise i messed that up so much but i hope it was some form of entertainment for you me trying to stumble and tell you everything that happened from film one to eight and now you're clued up for for the next one so you're ready for the 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 next one which is nine which is out in cinemas currently um i do recommend you go out and watch it if you can um and if you can't yet patience and then you can go at some point uh which i'm very excited for you all to go and see and enjoy um so yeah that was my very very quick summary of the every single fast and furious film and i am now going to talk about each film in depth um so this is going to be heavily spoilers for like all of the fast and furious films um so if you haven't seen them also the other thing was kind of very heavily spoiled but i think i kind of addressed that before in saying that if you didn't know or wanted to know or whatever uh but yes spoilers there are a lot of spoilers coming up in this section so let's talk about each film let's start with the fast and the furious aka fast and furious number one so it is the beginning of the saga and we are introduced to this whole world of like street racing and like you know fast cars and like these really like this like incredible soundtrack that I'm like vibing to in my head because copyright claims but it, it it's just so vibey and like I feel like 
there hasn't up until like there have been car films right before you know um and I feel like though this is like 2001 I feel like this is the first notable kind of like very like fast car centric like very very focused on fast cars and I absolutely love it for it like it's such a it's such a good avenue to go down especially um if you're thinking about it cinematically there's so many cool cinematic shots that you can do with like cars and like fast cars and like making it sound really cool in the cinema through like the audio mixing so for me they're on the money already before before they even realized it would make any money kind of thing um so I feel like this film really does set the tone for the entire franchise so as I said in my very quick recap it was you know Brian O'Connor who is probably I think the 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 shining light of the the older films like I feel like he really does pull everything together and I absolutely loved uh, Paul Walker's character I thought he was incredible as uh, Brian O'Connor so yeah I think he the whole dynamic of you know he's trying to get in for the job it's like it's like that cliche kind of thing it's like um it's, it's seen in so many different types of film this type of trope I don't know whether there's a specific name for it there probably is a specific name for this kind of trope but I find it so super super interesting in the sense of um you know you've got this why well, you've got this like incredible um like relationship building between Dom and um Brian and like you know it's taken time because like Dom is, has like this kind of like hard exterior and like you know he he doesn't let anyone in his crew like super easily because you know his crew is like family and then suddenly you've got like Brian who like weasels his way in essentially um in a way of he's doing it initially just for the job but then slowly as he gets to know them he starts to understand that they're not the bad guys and it's I feel like that's the kind of trope that we see in cinema like generally of like the, the either the good guy gone bad or the bad guy gone good but like changing their motives because after learning like more about the people that they are like investigating or whatever like going under cover on I feel like it's a very a very known undercover kind of trope so um yeah it was I think that whole dynamic in the mix already early on strong start surprisingly for the Fast and Furious series so I was kind of like impressed I was like yeah this seems pretty cool um overall my thoughts on the first one I think it was a good opening but again I feel like they didn't, I don't think they knew at the time what this series essentially was going to be. So it felt very, like, it lacked direction in certain sense. So, like, we don't know where this is going. Um, which also, like, seeps on into, like, I guess, two and three, which I'll get on to. But overall, I absolutely, I loved also uh, Vin Diesel as Dom. Like, he was just... He's just so cool. Like, he just oozes cool. Like, him and his, like, you know, I'm going to cross my arms. I'm going to look tough. Like, yeah, <laughs> why not? That's so cool. We love that for you. Um, and, yeah, I just think, number one, super, super, like, a, a strong start, I would say, for, for the um, for the Fast and Furious fran franchise, even though they didn't know it was going to be that then. 
and I think um, it's super entertaining to watch as a person watching it for the first time. So let's move on to Fast and Furious 2. And this one, I was very confused because I was like, where has Vin Diesel gone? Why is he not in this film? I thought this was all about Vin Diesel kind of thing. But clearly, I was mistaken. Uh, clearly, there is, is not, this, this, this series is not all about Vin Diesel. It is about other characters, uh, i.e. Brian O'Connor. And I think they hit the money on the bag because I didn't think I was gonna like this film as much as I did because you're taking Vin Diesel out of the picture and if you think Fast and Furious without Vin Diesel in it it's kind of hard to imagine in picture right like I don't know anytime I think of Fast and Furious I just think of him and then you kind of take him out and you're like oh okay let's see if it can cope and but then you had this this character you add Roman Pierce who I believe adds so much flavour, although his jokes in some of the newer films may be like really really like forced and in their full comedic effect only, I do feel like at the time of Too Fast Too Furious, if you're taking Vin Diesel out of the mix, adding Roman Pierce, um, Roman Pierce is the character, um, into the mix, I think adds a different dimension and a different side to this universe, if you'd like to call it, I say that in air quotes, um, that we have not seen before. And for that, I really loved it. And of course, Ludacris, Tedge, my favourite character in the entire series, just because of how chill he is, but also, well, not in the earlier ones, but in the new ones, how chill he is, and like, obviously, repping the tech nerds, because yes, I will rep my tech nerds. Um, and yeah, I just absolutely loved, um, I just loved the whole the whole vibe of, of this film. It was I I believe it was a lot more laid back in this film, even though like there was this weird drug dealer thing going on. And I have to say, it has one of my favorite action sequence, well, car chase sequence kind of thing, car sequences in the entire franchise, which was when um, I think they're driving, they're doing the job that they need to do, which was I think transporting the money to the drop-off point for the drug dealer that I cannot remember the name of and he they they're driving and then they like drive into this like car parking lot that the ludicrous was like trust me you got this in here and then, and then you they drive in and um you've got they and then like the all the police like waiting anxiously outside and then like they all just drive, like, all these different cars, like, drive out in all sorts of directions, causing so much chaos and wreaking havoc, and then they do the whole classic car switcheroo trick, where you get the, the guys in the different cars, and it's great. Honestly, that was very entertaining, and I enjoyed that so much. So I understand, like, from, from a hype perspective, Fast and Furious 2, very, very good, uh, from a hype perspective. Obviously, I mean, there are downfalls, as with all of the, the Fast and Furious films, and especially, I think, in this one, I found the camera shots, whew, they were a lot. I felt like they were extremely jarring and, like, um, you know, there was, there was, like, there was a few, like, you know when they're going, they're, they're turning on the nose and, like, they're driving and it's, and they're like, they go fast, but then like, they show, like the effects back then, to show how fast they're going, it's like, oh, 
oh, I have to I have to take a seat here because um, I forgot what effects were like <laughs> at the stage. Um, but I I do I did um, and there was some startling like really weird like like you know they would flip the camera like to flip the shot and like rotate it as the wheel and it felt very like but it wasn't smooth it was very jarring um the, a few of those kind of shots in this film um and in 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 the, the the third one and the first one that I notably understood as like ah <laughs> this is a lot but nonetheless I thought it was uh, it's great and yeah I think it's arguably more entertaining than the first one but the first one is probably on a technical standpoint a lot better so yeah like you, you know when you can just find something entertaining but it isn't necessarily good yeah I feel like that's far too fast too furious actually speaking of um being incredibly entertaining but not that good let's move on to Tokyo Drift <laughs> Oh boy, this film is such a meme. Like, what is this film? Why does this film exist? What relevance does this have? And, like, literally, it has no relevance to the entirety of, like, the Fast and Furious franchise until, like, the last five minutes of the film. Like, literally. <laughs> um, and let, let's talk about it for a second, because I feel like... Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift is like the one, I feel like it's a guilty pleasure kind of thing. I really enjoyed it, but probably for the wrong reasons. <laughs> it's because, like, the soundtrack, though, the soundtrack is so good. <laughs> oh, my God. I will, like, I have been singing, like, the, the Tokyo Drift song for, like, the past few days. Like, the, I wonder if you know. It's okay. It's so good. It's so good. Um, even though it probably like I probably shouldn't be hyping the song as much as I am, but like I really, really am. It was such a banger. <laughs> like I'm not ashamed to admit that. Um, and of course, the believability factors of this of this film for me flew right out the window. Like how how are we to believe that Sean? is a teenager like just pause and just look at him like actually just really take a moment to just look at him he does not look like a teenager he's not a teenager what <laughs> how is that believable like i'm so confused he looks like a middle-aged man like huh i'm so confused anyway let's be on the point um I think this film I loved for a lot of reasons because of just the whole like absurdity of it like you know you've got this like this international student who like well like he's basically been shipped there and is in a way of like going to the school in Tokyo and then like <laughs> like heavy really thick American accent and like ends up becoming the drift king in Tokyo which is like very very plausible very believable no and I think a lot of this film like a lot of what happens in this film really like make me mm, uncomfortable like the whole first sequence of this film where he's trying to um Basically, the whole reason why he got, like, arrested and stuff because of the car damages thing to this douchey guy at his high school. 
But they were like racing over a girl. Surely that's that's wrong on a lot of levels, I feel like. And um, yeah, yeah. I think it says a lot for that film, honestly. Um, I mean, this was the in introduction of Han. Like this film was, I guess if you're thinking about it on a wider context of the uh, Fast and Furious franchise, it introduced Han. Think Han is one of the more underrated characters of the Fast and Furious franchise. I absolutely loved him. He's just got style and swagger. Like yes, incredible. Um, I sure hope he he he's yeah he's alive. Um, oh, oh no, oh no, he died. You know, just as I was like, yeah, I can get behind you. Killed him. Okay, sure. I mean, I didn't like him anyway. It's okay, I didn't want to see him in more films. Whatever. Um, <laughs> that's exactly what it felt like, honestly. I was like, huh? Huh? Like, what? Huh? <laughs> um, but yeah. Fun thing that I didn't know until um, watching this film in a lot more detail. His name is, like, his first name is Han, right? And his second name is Seoul, as in Seoul the city in Korea. And then O. Oh. Like, Han Sol-o. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His entire name is a Star Wars joke. You've did it. You've done it. Three movies and you've broken me. Fast and Furious franchise, you've broken me. So at this point, I was like, okay. So am I meant to hate this film for doing that? Like horrific crime or I'm meant to bop to it because of this amazing soundtrack and this is where the journey of my Fast and Furious like film watching truly kicks in because after Tokyo Drift I was like okay we're getting through this I am hyped I am ready let's watch all of them so the next day <laughs> I watched I think four did I watch four or watch five I must have seen a number of films, but it was a lot. It was a big number. Um, and at this point, it's kind of like we're, we're stepping away from, from, I think from, okay, from a technical standpoint, I think the Fast and Furious franchise from three, so past, from four onwards, starts to understand what it's becoming and like where they want to go with this series. And I think a lot of it is down to, um, was it Justin Liu? I, I think that's the director's name. I'll double check that. But he, he went on to, he did Tokyo Drift and he did, basically he did five of the Fast and Furious films, I think. And, um, you could tell he understood where he wanted to go with this series. Um, which is, which is great. And like, for me, <laughs> I definitely needed that guidance. Um, so let's, let's have a look. It is, oh, Justin Lin, sorry, my mistake, Justin Lin. So he did, how many of the Fast and Furious films did he do? He did three, four, five, six, and nine. So yeah, okay. So the tone shifts for Fast and Furious 4 and it becomes more serious and we get back to the characters that we know and love so we've got Dom back in the mix and we've got um we've got you know Mia we've got Letty and we've got Brian but wait 
Letty, no, we don't. She's died. Um, so that's the entire plot of this film. And I think that kind of constitutes for the shift in tone. So the shift in tone is now very much understood because of Letty's death. And I think from four onwards, they got like a bucket load of money from Universal. Because you can you can so tell even by... I don't know whether it's direction or whether it's like... The, like the, the the as in the direction of the film, so like how it the person who's directing it, or whether it be the actual direction that the narrative is going in. Like I don't know what changed or the money or whatever, but you can tell that there's something. Something happened. Something clicked for either the execs at Universal or or whatever, or the the director Justin Lin. That we're gonna make this this franchise about family. And yeah. That's essentially um, essentially how it goes. And this this film is like, we're getting there because this is where we start to see elements of like the whole, you know, um, having like eating together and like the, the barbecue thing and like the whole um, Brian versus Dom thing because at the end of the day, like in the later films, they do become a lot closer. But in this film is where that comes, like they really butt heads in this one uh, because of Letty and like, the whole narrative of like Brian actually having something to do with um, like Letty's death, it, but not really kind of like because he didn't kill her, but like she went she went undercover for him to get information to help Dom like be able to come home safely. Like it just all it all entangles down to family <laughs> in my opinion. So this is this is where we can start um, boiling down the Fast and Furious to its roots, and I think. If anyone were to think of Fast and Furious and, like, what the Fast and Furious films, like, are, I think the Fast and Furious, a.k.a. Fast and Furious 4, is the one that people will look to because of just the way it is and, like, the, the iconic, like, um, saga of Brian and Dom's, like, relationship and stuff. Even though, to be honest, it's only last, like, the first film and then the fourth film now so yes this epic like <laughs> enemies to like family um arc for them yeah over two films no <laughs> it's like but you get it right like it's it's this journey of them their characters and it's very evident and I really loved it and you know the whole fact that they had to like kind of hate each other and work together then they slowly started to become friends and then oh no more betrayal because of unraveling in plot and it's just like it was great it was all around a really good film fast and furious 4 still not incredible also gal gadot's in this one i like why i she's even in some of the newer ones that i had seen but i just completely forgot that she was and i was like oh you you were in this oh okay, confused, but I'll accept it, kind of thing. So yeah, she's in this, and she plays, um, who does she play? Giselle? I think her name is Giselle. We're gonna, we're gonna go with that. Her name's Giselle. And, um, yeah, just another, another film back with the ensemble. Now we get to five, and this is where I can start, like, actually getting quite happy about the series. Five is, and I will go on the record to say this, it is peak Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious 5 is my favourite Fast and Furious film. Maybe also another film kind of like 
on the same level, but for different reasons. But technically, in my perspective, Fast and Furious 5 is my favourite one. Why? This is the first time we are getting Han, Roman, Tej, Dom, Brian, Mia, all together. Right, am I missing someone? Gal Gadot's character. <laughs> um, all together and just doing like a heist thing or like trying to pull off something cool with fast cars and like after okay the payoff is incredible even though it doesn't feel like it is right so I had to sit through one two three four films to finally be fed some exquisite meal at five of you know we've got compelling narrative you've got enter the rock as like douchebag FBI agent but like is he really a douchebag is he kind of like can he you know side with the good guy the bad guys and the good guys or like what's his deal and you got like Elena the whole storyline with Elena going on after Letty's death and then you've got like you know the whole stakes are really high like they have to pull off um, a job that allows them to like be able to live life um on the la well they don't have to be on the lam anymore and they can just go to a country without extradition which extradition i think that's the right word extradition i don't think that second one is right the first one sounds more right than that but yeah um the whole that whole concept and i truly like it was just the payoff was incredible because like this is the first time we're like getting the team together and like it's 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 I don't know it's like it feels like yes I've watched all these films to pay off for something you know except three because like only the only thing relevant in three was Han but yeah like I thought I thought it was truly great and I like the whole fact that you know, the stakes were high because Mia was pregnant and they were like, no, we have to do this as a family, Dom, you can't just ditch us like that. Like, it was it was just so overly dramatic for no reason and for that, I just loved it. I absolutely adored it. Um, so yes, Fast and Furious 5, probably my favourite in the entire franchise. Then we get to 6. And 6 is where this is the first one I ever saw. I remember this because I remember the Rita Ora scene. <laughs> I distinctly remember Rita Ora, because Rita Ora is a, if you don't know who she is, she's a British singer. And um, at the time, incredibly famous in like London and stuff. Um, so the fact that this film, A, being set in London and B, having Rita Ora in it, I definitely remember at some point watching this film. Obviously, I didn't remember the plot, but I definitely remembered this film, right? Because of Rita, or not even because of, like, you know, you know Brian O'Connor, or the fact that Letty was alive, or Dom, or whatever. But then, young me was not going to know who the hell Letty is, <laughs> like, huh? Um, but yeah, Fast and Furious 6 was a really cool one, because A, so Letty's alive, we're getting the band back together because Letty's alive, again, the family themes, strong, ring and strong. We loved this one because it was in London, I loved the, the, the race that they did in London, oh, it was so cool, like when, I think, did they race to try and get better cars, that was probably a different one, but no, I, I loved that whole um, driving sequence through London, it was incredible. Then you've got Luke Evans who comes as Owen Shaw and like, you know, he's quite a formidable villain um, and they have to end up working with the FBI in order to kind of 
find Letty and stuff like that and like um obviously her memories got wiped so it was a lot of like wait I feel like that's kind of reminiscent of like who the hell is Bucky why do I relate everything back to the MCU Nandita like what are you doing no but like it kind of radiates that vibe of like Letty was like I don't know who you are and like yeah it was it was cool I liked I mean <laughs> Could I say anything else about Six? Probably not. Do I remember anything else about Six? No, I remember... What do I remember about Six? What were they trying to achieve in Six? Like, what was his goal? What was Owen Shaw's goal? I don't know. I, I couldn't remember for the life of me and I saw this film probably yesterday. <laughs> but yeah. That's that's the whole Fast and Furious 6. Overall, as you can tell, I don't really have much to say about this. Obviously, following up from Fast and Furious 5, 6 had a lot to live up to, and I don't think it did live up to it. Like, there were no memorable car scenes in that. And if a, if a film about cars has no memorable car scenes in it, what is the point? Like, what is actually the point? And then you move on to 7. And I can tell you that seven is probably on par for me for five. And I know technically that's probably not correct, but for me, for nostalgia reasons, I really, really loved um, seven for a lot of reasons. It's the one, it's the only Fast and Furious film I can actually remember watching in its entirety in cinema. I remember the soundtrack of that movie, like I was like, obsessed with the soundtrack of that movie when it came out like I was listening to all the songs that were in it um I just remember like the Dubai like the whole Dubai sequence like I just remember it like the back of my hand God's Eye, Mr. Nobody like all these all these people and these things like I remember so vividly and Deckard Shaw who again Jason Statham is incredible as Deckard Shaw and then like Hobbs and their whole dynamic and then they also get a spin-off which I'm not talking about I refuse to talk about it um but yeah like you've got you've got that whole um dynamic thing going on and like it has some of my favorite action sequences in the entire like Fast and Furious franchise like the whole scene where they get the car from the from the top of like the one of the highest buildings in Dubai and like they drive it through three buildings. <laughs> like, insane. I'm living for it. This is incredible. Um, and nothing to me can top that. Like, in my mind, nothing can top Fast and Furious 7. And especially but a lot of the emotion behind Fast and Furious 7. Like, I honestly, watching it this time around, felt a lot more sad at, like, the whole end sequence with Paul Walker. It was, it was incredibly touching after seeing all of it, but, you know, I think, oh, this film was just so good. <laughs> like, it was so good. Again, part of it was set in London again, because Dick Shaw, and I liked the whole fact that, like, the dynamic between, you know, Owen Shaw's family, you know, you mess with my brother, you, you get burnt kind of thing, and then, like, they mess with Han and then you finally get the explanation of how Han died because of Deckard Shaw and then but then you uh, then like Dom's like oh you mess with my family you're gonna get burned and it's like this whole like family off and they're like thought this was gonna be a street fight <laughs> that was my Jason Statham impression it really wasn't my Jason Statham impression it was just me 
trying to act like someone who would say, this isn't a street fight kind of thing. Um, but yeah, highly entertaining. I loved Deckard Shaw in this, and I think they made such a great like move to say, hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep him in these films and the dynamic between Dwayne Johnson's character and Jason Statham's character was incredible and I liked the fact that they got their own spin-off did watch the spin-off could I explain to you what happened in this film probably not I don't remember much of it all I remember is Vanessa Kirby's in it and Vanessa Kirby was stunning so yeah <laughs> so that's my overall thoughts on Fast and Furious 7 I really did enjoy it um and God's Eye, and oh, um, Ramsey, was Ramsey in this one? Ramsey was definitely in this one, yeah. Right? Or was God's Eye the next one? I literally, I have zero clue. I have to, no, I have to Google this, wait. Is, is God's Eye, which one is God's Eye? Ramsey. God's eye. Seven. Seven. Main plot point of seven. I was right. No, I like the whole God's eye storyline and like Ramsey's introduction. And I do love Ramsey's character, which I'll get on to more in probably nine, because she does appear quite a lot in nine. So yeah. Um, overall, really loved it. Personal favourite of mine. <laughs> um, let's move on to Fate of the Furious. I can tell you, hand on my heart. I watched this film in the cinema. I definitely watched this film in the cinema with my parents. They remember this film very well. I did not. The only thing I remembered about this film was Jason Statham and a baby. And an action sequence with Jason Statham and a baby. Did I remember where this baby came from? Did I understand how Jason Statham ended up on this plane? Did I understand his relevance to the plot of this film? No. Did I watch this film for the first time recently? It felt like it. It really didn't feel like a rewatch. I completely blacked out so much of this film from my memory. I must have fallen asleep during this film because I did not remember a submarine. I did not remember Charlize Theron. I did not remember like half of what was going on in this film. So when I watched it, I was like, okay, no, we're going to absorb this information for the first time. Okay, so we've got, like, we've got Charlize Theron, we've got Dom going bad, which I also forgot about. And, like, his motives of getting bad, and he's got a son? He has a son? Like, what? <laughs> this, is, this is the point, for me, where the Fast and Furious franchise got too much. Because I was like, okay... This is, like, actually ridiculous. Like, th this is getting, like, Mission Impossible level of insanity, but the we're not in the Mission Impossible franchise, so I don't understand this insanity. And at this point, it's like, okay, this is too much. Yes, yes, eight films in, I was like, no, now we're at too much, when I've already seen all of them, yes. Um, it felt very over the top. Like, a lot of it felt over-exaggerated. This is where Roman's jokes get a little... They don't stick as much as they used to kind of thing. Sorry, Roman. I love you, though. Um, and, like, yeah, it just feels... It's it just it's so weird. Like, the most entertaining part was the Jason Statham baby scene. Like, that was incredible. I love that. 10 out of 10 for that performance. I'd give, give him an Oscar for that. I'd give the baby an Oscar, too. But, 
yeah, it was just, it felt too much for this one. And I don't even know what Charlize, th- was she trying to get God's Eye again? Or was she using God's, Cypher, that's her name, Charlize Theron's character was called, um, Cypher. And, like, she's this hacker dude. And, like, didn't they kill, no, is that, I don't know. Now I'm mixing up the films. This is what happens when you watch all the films, like, all together. But, yeah, it was overall a very forgettable Fast and Furious film. Excuse, excuse the, the, the badness. But, yeah, I mean, it had snow, like, one way a film can get me is if you have any scenes with snow, and that was highly entertaining. Uh, at some point, I think there was a bulldozer in this film. Like a, a, a wrecking ball? Wrecking ball is probably the better word, but yeah. Like, but yeah, it just feels like a fever dream, this film. It really does. And like, I don't think I'll ever know and understand the plot of this film, no matter how many times I watch it. And, and that's all I have to say. So that's all I have to say. I felt like that ended on a very weird note. I apologise. But we move. We move forward. So that's like basically my whole summary of films one to eight. I forgot how many there were for a second. Um, and yeah, I hope you like... Like, liked my insight into these films. I mean, as a first-time person watching the Fast and Furious series, I have to say, it isn't as bad as people, like, proclaim it to be. I understand its appeal as a franchise, because, you know, us comic book nerds have the MCU to, like, kind of rely on. And, like, I feel like this is just another form of that, you know? Franchise films are becoming super, super popular, and I understand the appeal of this one. I wouldn't say it's one I'd ever sit down and rewatch again. Maybe Tokyo Drift because banging soundtrack and I can ignore everything else and just vibes the soundtrack. <laughs> um, there are some gems in this, but as with all franchise films, there are some filler ones and there are some like, um, I don't know. It's it's probably not my favorite franchise, but I have to say it's still a strong one, and I understand why it's made as much as it has. Like. These films just keep racking in bucks for Universal. So, I mean, props to them for, for, I guess, honing in on a, on a, on a niche that, that so many people, that appeals to so many different people. So, props. Give a little round of applause to, to Universal. But yeah, so if you have not seen Fast and Furious 9 and you do not want any spoilers for Fast and Furious 9... I would suggest you skip to the recommend to the back end segment of the show because after this I'm also going to talk about the future of the franchise and I don't, like, there is also some things in 9 that I want to talk about in the future so I just don't want you guys to get it spoiled so if you haven't seen it, do definitely check it out um, and then come back and listen to this bit so don't, don't leave this bit, like, return to it once you've seen it kind of thing so big, big spoiler warning and I'm going to talk about it now so, a lot, okay, nine. I watched it today uh, in the cinema. Hooray, cinemas are back for us. Uh, UK lot, that is. Um, don't know for how long though. Hold out hope, hold out hope. Um, but it was interesting. It felt a lot. Like, it felt very over the top. I mean, John Cena's in this one um, as Dom's brother. 
and like we get a lot of like flashback sequences to Dom's childhood and you get to see his dad and the brother dynamic and like on paper I should really hate this film you know I should like really be like this is the worst one it's like the least believable one like what is going on but like part of me I don't know whether it was like the serotonin from being in a movie theater again or whether it was just this film was just making me feel like happy vibes but I was just like I can't like I can't hate this film like there's so much I should hate about this film like how does a magnet drag like a car um how does an electromagnet drag a car from through a building without dragging the building itself because physics doesn't work there like that doesn't work right space how why did they like i mean i called it i thought they were gonna go to space in the last one but now they've seemed to go go to space in this one but them going to space and then like staying there a week and then being <laughs> like fished out flush out i think fished is the right word fished out of space very unbelievable um sean from tokyo drift being a rocket scientist the most unbelievable part of this film how why did anyone question it no and i think that's the main problem of this film <laughs> like what okay so let's, let's actually like go into it so fast and furious 9 we're, we're at a point where you know letty's back she's you know we've just dealt with the aftermath of of like dom going rogue and that he's still like just barely remembering things and like stuff like that and we have this whole storyline of okay yeah we have another job for you but and like it's another like end of the world type thing that you need to save because mr oh yeah because mr nobody dies but I don't think he's dead like let's be real Kurt Russell's character can he really be killed I don't think so you think he's coming back I, I, I have a sneaky suspicion that he's coming back because there was no dead body that's all I'm saying um but so um yeah we got we've got Mr. Nobody died and Cypher's escaped and like someone has helped Cypher escape and that is Jacob Toretto uh John, played by John Cena and my gosh <sighs> my gosh why is John Cena doing this like I was I was like but then again if you want someone to play Vin Diesel's brother John Cena's like the obvious choice right I feel yeah so maybe it does kind of make sense um and there is a lot of flashback sequences to uh Dom and um Jacob's childhood and this whole, how the whole rift between them uh, came about, and that was ultimately because, you know, uh, Dom blamed Jacob for his father's death, and it was like, whoa, what is, like, what's happening here? Like, how dare you kill our father, Mir? I cast you out of the streets <laughs> through winning a street race, as, as, as you know, as all families do. Um, and you know, this they had never spoken to each other again, and then suddenly one of them's like, a criminal and the other one's like a super secret spy which is like what <laughs> what um and then yeah so they have to now dom has to assemble the team together to try and you know 
um, stop his brother from, and Cypher, and some other guy that I don't remember the name of, uh, take over the world, and a lot happens in this film. Cardi B is in this film, and helps Dom escape. How? Dunno. How is she relevant at all to this plot? I have no clue, but she was there, and it scared me. Um, and then you had, like, oh, what else happens in the script? Han's alive! Yes! So, Han survived? And you know what? For me, incredible. I love it. His character is back. I'm so happy. And, like, they explained it in a really interesting way with the whole Mr. Nobody, which is what makes me think Mr. Nobody is, like, not dead. Like, come on. Come on. You can't kill Kurt Russell like that. Um... And, like, Deckard Shaw, like, actually killing Han as, like, a front because Deckard was working for Mr. Nobody. Can you see how confusing the plots get? And then Charlize Theron is in this still again with working with or, or like, for John Cena because she was trapped but then she wasn't and, like, she's still in this franchise and... My gosh, the magnets, oh goodness, the electromagnets, <laughs> such an, a very crucial plot point, but I think this film felt very global, very cinematic, very over the top, and I, I was reading a lot of people are saying, and I definitely agree with this, in that in the, this film is very self-aware of how bad it is, or very self-aware of what it is, and, and like, it is a Fast and Furious film, but it's also very aware that it's a Fast and Furious film. Especially with some of, like, Roman's, like, jokes of, like, we're invincible. Is it just luck, or is it, like, we are invincible? It's, like, so weird and, like, so kind of self-aware, but it's just, like, at the same time, it's it's not self-aware enough for you to be, like, huh. But it's, it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is very bizarre. Um, I enjoyed it. Is that bad? Is that a bad thing? I really enjoyed this one. Like, it was not... Like, I loved... Just when I thought they couldn't do anything else with this Fast and Furious franchise. Like, I, f I felt like I'd seen it all. The whole backstory of Toretto was actually really interesting. And I really enjoyed it. As more than I thought I would. And I... Props to them. Because I loved the whole, like... Even the subtle things of, like, when they flashed back to, um you know, scenes with the younger Dom and Jacob and his, their father, um, like, they made it look like it's on film grain and, like, they changed, obviously, the filters and whatever. I don't know. I just kind of liked it. I liked the nostalgic vibe and, like, the universal, like, they put the whole universal logo from back in the day at the beginning of this film. And I just, I don't know. Li the little things about this film really liked it. I really liked it. And I also enjoyed the space aspect. It felt very long. It definitely... I sat there, like... I checked my phone once to check what time it was. Um, and, yeah. Um, but even then, I wanted to check it another time. But I was like, no, no, need to stick with it. Stick with it. But then I checked my phone once. Um, overall, I think it was an interesting one. However, I have to say... Because I liked this film so much... I am slightly frustrated that they're making 10 and 11. And this moves on to the future of the Fast and Furious films. So, we are we are back um, at the stage where we're like, let's think about where this franchise is going to go and what the future looks like. 
Personally, this film felt like a brilliant conclusion to the Fast and Furious saga. Full stop. The ending, the the whole table, and then they were like driving in the Paul Walker, and then they didn't show Paul Walker, but they heavily alluded to Brian O'Connor's character, and then the whole like resolution with his past. It just felt very like final, and it felt like this is the end. But obviously, Charlize Theron's character is still out there. John Cena's character is still out there, and like. You know, we've 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 got a lot to unpack. So, for starters, Han's alive. And in the end credit scene of Fast and Furious 9, yes, it had an end credit scene. I didn't realise it was. I just wanted to sit down and wait for everyone else to leave the theatre so then we could, my parents and I could leave, you know, a little bit later. But there was actually an end credit scene. I didn't know. Instinct tells me enough these days. So, there was an end credit scene and it showed um, Shaw was it Deckard Shaw um punching a punching bag and inside was a human wow very very sure very very on brand character for him um and there was a knock at the door and he opens the door and it's Han and it's like hmm okay where can we go with this so Nandita's brain naturally being an MCU veteran got to churning hmm sure hmm Han. Hmm. Mr. Nobody. There is a link between these two characters that was completely, completely passed me by. I had to think about this on the car ride home. So, Shaw and Han have Mr. Nobody in common because they were both employed by Mr. Nobody and Deckard Shaw helped Han fake his death. So... Is there unfinished business there? What's happening there? Is Mr. Nobody actually dead? Personally, my bets are on, I don't think Mr. Nobody's dead. And I think in the next Hobbs and Shaw film, because I believe that there is a sequel to Hobbs and Shaw coming out, um, I think Han's going to be in it. And I think they're going to explore the avenue of what happened with the whole Mr. Nobody thing. And with the whole Han's death being faked and, like, how that all came into play and stuff like that. Because that's an avenue in the Fast and Furious franchise that we haven't explored yet in great detail because we only found out about it in this film. And it was brushed over very quickly because they had to get on with John Cena plot, which, fine. Um, So I think that's going to happen in... I don't think it will happen in the main branch of the, the franchise, the timeline I wanted to say, it's not the timeline uh, in the franchise, I think it will happen in the Hobbs and Shaw sequel but having said that we're getting a 10 and we're getting an 11 what can you do after space? like plausibly what can you do to top space? the only thing I can think of is time travel but I feel like even that is much for for this franchise or is it? Universal hit me up, I can write a whole plot about time travel. I got it. And it will all be based on Tokyo Drift. <laughs> and the soundtrack will all be Tokyo Drift soundtrack. Um, on a serious note, I don't see how they can top what they've done in these films. Because even in 8 and 9, nothing can top the action sequences from 7 for me. So the action sequences in 8 and 9 felt meh. It's alright. I mean, sight. I, I mean, like, 
So how are they going to carry that forward in two films to make it as entertaining as the other ones? I don't know. And I hope they do it in a respectful way because I'm, I'm at my wit's end. I'm like, I'm at a breaking point where like, if, if they do one thing more stupid, I think I would ultimately crumble. Um, and then this podcast will, will, will end up, this will be, end up being the last episode of the podcast. Um, but we're getting 10 and 11. Um, why they're ending on a prime number, I don't know. Um, feels very obscure that they're ending on 11, a prime number, not a multiple of anything. It just makes me icky thinking about it. Um, and I think they need to think about when is enough, when enough is enough. And I feel like, I feel like it's enough here, but they could surprise me again. I mean, I thought at at eight I was getting tired, but nine seemed to pull me back in. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I seem to like the odd numbers of the Fast and Furious films better than the even numbers. Like I liked one, I liked three, I liked five and I liked seven. And now I liked nine. So maybe I don't like 10 and I like 11. Let's see how it goes. Maybe I forget everything that happened in 10 like I did with eight. And then I have to rewatch 10 again and then to understand 11. I'm predicting the future now. We'll yeah, I, th I think this is gonna happen. But the avenues that can, they, they can go down is definitely Charlize Theron's character is still active and alive. And I wanna see more from her. Like we saw from her in eight, like in eight. And then partly in nine, but I want to see more, more of her. Like I want to see, you know, like Atomic Blonde. Have you? Has anyone seen that film? I feel like it's such a niche, niche film. But like she was in that. I want to see that level of, like, kick-ass Charlize Theron. Please, thank you. Um. So yeah, and then John Cena's character. Obviously, I think he's gonna end up, you know, working with them again, kind of similarly to how you know, Brian gave Dom a 10 second car, the whole allude, like it alludes to the whole, like Dom gave Jacob the 10 second car. So I think they're going to try and make it like John Cena's going to come back and work with them for something else. Maybe another brother, maybe their father's still alive. <laughs> Who knows at this point? Who actually knows? Um, so yeah, Overall, my thoughts on the Fast and Furious franchise, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot, but it's a fun a lot. You know, I think, um, personally, I probably went into this thinking I was going to absolutely hate it. I went out with more enjoyment than hate. So I think it's just, it's just a load of fun, isn't it? And it's not something you're meant to take seriously. Like, don't take the physics of it seriously. Don't take the, the whole, um, I don't know just everything about it seriously just just don't take any of it um but having said that I don't think I would rewatch these films for a very long time um I am not rewatching these films for when 10 comes out I'll just remember <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll use the 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 summary that I made in this episode to help me for for understanding what what 10's given us so yeah that concludes the the First time Fast and Furious Watcher attempts to talk about it. So we are now at the infamous segment of the show, which is the recommend or to the back end segment. So as I have been away for a little bit, um, 
I'm recording this episode first actually instead of the one that you would have heard last week. So I have two for this week from the time that I was off during exam season. So I watched The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Quixote? I think that's how you pronounce it. I have very bad pronunciation on that, so apologies. And Cajillionaire. So Cajillionaire, let's start off with Cajillionaire. Cajillionaire is essentially a film about um, a girl who is born within a family of, like, thieves in a way. So like, they, they don't really have any jobs, the only thing that they do is really like steal and they do these small crimes to like kind of get by in their life and that's enough for them. Um, and But she knows like a lot of detail about these things and they meet um, a woman from... woman from Jane the Virgin. Jane from Jane the Virgin. Um, and she ends up showing them a, uh, ends up helping them on one of their jobs for um, for stealing some money, and it ends up being like some sort of like insurance money for um, from a plane, like an airline company, and she ends up getting on it because they end up sitting next to her in the flight. The parents end up sitting next to her in the flight, and this film really surprised me. I didn't expect it to be as entertaining as it was. Um, it was entertaining purely because, I mean, the beginning part, I was not sold. But then as soon as Jane's character, I have to say Jane because I, I don't remember her character's name in the film. But as soon as Jane's character entered the film, it got more interesting. And it showed more layers of, you know, this family and, like, their dynamic and, like, what is really going on and the real emotions that everyone feels. And... Yeah, it really surprised me. So if you haven't seen Cajillionaire, I definitely recommend it. And then the Adam Driver film. Um, I mean, The Man Who Killed Don Quixote. Oh my God. It was, it was so good. It was, it was so bad that it was good. That's why it's a recommend. So both of these are strong recommends. Um, so... It's essentially an Adam Driver film where he is a pretentious director who made a what his first film about uh, Don Quixote, um, and yeah, and he ends up like taking a trip back down memory lane when he goes for the first uh, first time back there to direct like a big budget film, and he goes on this insane adventure through like the these Spanish cities and. Um, ends up reuniting with some of the cast of his previous film and gets on some wacky, wacky adventures. I literally don't want to spoil any more of that film. It's a ride from start to finish, and I loved it. Did I love it because it was Adam Driver? Maybe. Maybe that sold me more, but I think if, you, if, if I was sold on it, I think you guys might be sold on it too. So definitely give it a shot. So we've reached the end of the recommended backend segment, which is, means we have reached the end of this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you want to stay up to date with everything Deets with Dita, you can follow me on my Instagram and Twitter account at Deets with Dita for both. Um, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, um, Overcast, basically any of the podcast listening platforms, hi, give my podcast a follow or subscribe there so you keep, like, get notified every time I release a new episode and if you are specifically on Apple Podcasts do not forget to leave a rating or review five star ratings and reviews please so more people can find out about the podcast um 
If you want to know about what films I watch on a day-to-day basis, you can follow me on my letterboxd account, underscore Nandita underscore. Um, you can tend to also see patterns of what films I'm, what episodes I might be doing on the podcast through my letterboxd account. So stay tuned there for like sneaky peeks of that. And then, um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. So next week, we have a big one. Because film, like cinemas are opening in the UK, it means that films are coming out in the UK in cinema big blockbuster releases and one of those big blockbuster blockbuster release i can't speak one of those big blog i can't one of those big blockbuster releases is black widow which i'm super excited about we've been waiting over a year for this film and finally i would have been able to watch it and give you all of my thoughts opinions theories um future mcu links on it and yeah so stay tuned for that um so thank you guys so much for listening once again and i hope you enjoyed this week's episode and i will see you all next week bye everyone